Hey there, welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. And as always, it's fun to talk to Dana King. Uh, she is the religion and immigration reporter for the Columbus Dispatch. Dana, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Chris? Good. We were just marveling right before we hit. Uh, we started this. Um, you know, we always like in journalism to, when people see our stories. And, you know, I work on a team that helps uh, get more attention to stories that we write and we put out. And my goodness, uh, Danae wrote a story about this a couple weeks ago, and it, it's still drawing a lot of attention, which is great for uh, not just her and the dispatch, but, you know, just for um, getting good information out there. Um, Danae, you wrote this September 11th, which, man, that's almost two months ago. Um, uh, you were talking about what religions have doctrinal reasons for being unvaccinated. Uh, very fascinating story. What did you learn during this? Yeah, so it was interesting because there's just a lot out there about, you know, getting exemptions from the vaccine, um, especially when it comes to, you know, a lot of evangelical Christians. And so I just kind of looked into it and I, I learned a lot, actually, because there's been, I think, a lot of misconceptions out there about, you know, who like can get out of getting the vaccine, basically, especially with these mandates from employers and federally. So um when I looked into it, I just kind of did some research. Uh, I used a um, a poll from the Public Religion Research Institute, PRRI, and the Interfaith Youth Corps, and um, just kind of looked into it. So most religions don't prohibit vaccines. Um, there was a dust up early on about Catholicism with the J&J vaccine using fetal cell lines, but the Catholics ended up saying, you know, get whatever vaccine you can um, because being vaccinated can be, you know, it can be a way of caring for your neighbor, an act of charity. Um, other Christians also, you know, nobody's technically doctrinally against it. Um, even some people like uh, Church of Christ scientists, um, they teach a lot about how you don't really need medicine, that prayer will alleviate and prevent disease. But, um, so their members could request these exemptions, but the denomination doesn't strictly prohibit it. And, um, you know, so neither does Islam or Judaism. So I guess, you know, <laughs> that was kind of a long winded way of saying I learned a lot about, you know, these misconceptions that people have. There's a lot out there saying, you know, you can't get it if you're this religion, but that's really not true. Most religions leave it largely up to the individuals. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm myself coming from a faith background. There's no, there's nothing out there in the Bible that says, "Hey, don't take a shot or don't take a vaccine." And it's interesting looking for your story from more of a evangelical, uh, non-Catholic Christianity. Uh, it seems like a lot of people aren't are more interpreting different passages different ways to explain, "Hey, this is why I shouldn't get that." Is that what you've been seeing? Yeah, there's a lot of that. And then it's, um, so it's using Bible passages and actually the Liberty Council, um, actually this organization actually has a lot up about, like they give you example letters to request an exemption. And some of them have like six Bible passages. And most of them are saying, you know, that your body belongs to God and that, you know, there's a lot out there about you know, believing that God determines when you die and live. And so you shouldn't get the vaccine because of that. The pro-life um, reason is big, um, but it's mostly just kind of like 
I prayed about this and my conscience says, and God yeah. responded that I should get this vaccine. Yeah, because I could see an argument against that statement saying, hey, you know, my body belongs to God. Well, then why are you eating a big, large pizza by yourself last night? Yeah, you know I mean, like if you're eating right? too much or if you <laughs> drive crazy fast or if you do anything, and not to say everyone does that, but I mean, if you really abide by that policy, you really need to take a real good look at how you live all aspects of your life, right? I mean, because that argument would say, okay, I don't stay up too late. I don't drink that much. I don't you know, eat a ton of food and everything. I mean, it seems like there's a little bit of picky and choosy there. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people, you know, I guess there's this the exemptions really seem to be about like this idea of your body, you know, belongs to God. But then the other side of it is really that, you know, a lot of religion is loving your neighbor and to love your neighbor, you know, a lot of these pastors believe would be to protect them. So it's this interesting push pull between um, those two things. So I don't know. I, I think it's just a really fascinating discussion and that a lot of people were just interested in, you know, is there really a religion that says, no, you can't get the vaccine? And the answer is no, there's no religion that says explicitly you cannot be vaccinated. And in fact, a lot of religions say you should be. Yeah, it was funny. I I don't know if you'll get this reference, but um, growing up, there was a lot of um, apocalyptic in times movies like oh this is what's going to happen when the end of the world happens and you know based on your faith there's different perspectives well one of the perspectives is like this mark the beast which is some implant that you'll get and everything and it, it was funny a popular one i i stumbled across on youtube the other night and you know they were looking at the implant as a shot and it was funny when they were telling people oh you must get it you're gonna die um, you know, they were like, oh, it's just a simple implant. It doesn't hurt. You know, just take that and everything. Uh, and I'm wondering if some, and again, you said in your article, 77% of evangelicals are maybe not pro-vaccine, but they're okay with getting the shot. They're not protesting or anything else. But I'm wondering if maybe some of this resistance isn't necessarily based on a overall biblical faith. It's more based on, like we were talking before, interpretation of what they think might happen in the future. So it's kind of like taking two and two together and getting six, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because it's like there's all this kind of, like you said, lore and like um, fantasy stuff around it as well, you know, which kind of, you know, some traces back to the Bible, but some is just kind of people, um, you know, coming up with different things. So it's yeah. it's very interesting. But, you know, the I think... A future story and one of the things i find most interesting about this debate is just the fact that there is kind of almost you know uh, one of the articles i was reading calls it the new side hustle is mm. you know giving people these letters to get out of out of vaccines and oh yeah and they're saying you don't even need it from a pastor it can just be you saying this goes against my conscience or i prayed about this and it goes against my religion so i think there's a lot more to be seen and done on this topic so for those lawyers, so as you were saying, have they been accepted, even if it's coming from a friend of a friend or something? 
Yeah, so it's hard to tell. I guess they, they wouldn't necessarily come from a friend of a friend. They'd just be the person writing their own letter. You oh, know, and okay. saying this is how, like, so some of them, the the examples online um, that different organizations are touting, including one in Ohio, the Ohio Christian Alliance, kind of say, you know, you can write it or a pastor can write it, but you don't need a pastor to write it. And so, um, you know, it's kind of, it, I think it remains to be seen how companies are taking it because it looks like, you know, I was reading this Reuters article um, and it said, you know, United uh, Airlines had gotten letters and it didn't impact their actions at all. So, right. um, you know, I think it, it might depend on the employer and kind of who's getting the letter, but um, it's certainly fascinating. Well, and to me, it would seem to be too, it would be based on needs of the company. So, you know, the company we work for, I mean, there's a lot of jobs that can be remote that doesn't need to be in person. So I would imagine, and as far as I know, Gannett, the company we work for, hasn't taken that step. But I would imagine if it's Gannett, United Airlines, or anything else, it would depend on what the needs of the company are. So if people can work remote, I guess maybe there's not as much of a concern if they get it. But obviously, there is a bigger concern if you're working side by side with people. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, you know, I kind of, I think a lot about the, you know, the impact on other people. Like you said, you know, if it's United Airlines and it's a flight attendant who's going to be around you know, hundreds of people a day, I think that definitely kind of like makes the argument different than it's somebody like you or I working from home all day. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Very interesting. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think the big thing, I don't know, I always get wound up about this a little bit more is just, you know, really look at what your your church and your faith is saying and i like what you're saying you know from the article saying there's very few denominations that you could really pinpoint a specific argument against it it's a lot of how you believe and how you interpret it to be so yeah all right very good well um as always check out danny's work in the um columbus dispatch um and again not just for her work but just for a lot of work i don't know i how many stories do you think we publish every day on Columbus's Batch? It's got to be at least 50, maybe 100 a day. Oh, yeah. It, there's a ton of content on there and, and yeah. great stuff to read. So we're keep it, We're doing a lot more, just to plug, we're doing a lot more trending stuff. A lot of yes, that's happening on yes. my team. And, and so there's a lot, you know, things you might not have think you would get from Dispatch.com previously. We've got a lot of new stuff going up and... Lots of things like this story that explain, you know, trends and pop culture and what you can take from it. Yeah, and just looking at subscriptions, and we're doing a plug for the subscriptions here. Um, you know, you always like if you're looking at Netflix or anything, you're always like, well, well, is it worth it? You know, I'm paying 10, 12 bucks a month. But my goodness, with Dispatch, you've got, you know, up to 100 articles per day, all kinds of neat stuff. Um, I, I got to tell you, I'm a Jim Gaffigan guy. And I saw we had a story where we interviewed Jim Gaffigan. I haven't even gotten that far yet. So it's good when you subscribe to something where you're not even able to get to all the good stuff on there. So, yeah, check out Dispatch.com. Uh, check out subscriptions. You get um, subscription-only stories. And you get, as you said, a ton of great content. Um, support local journalism. It's a great thing. So, all right. Well, Danny, as always, it's fun to have you um, on. And... We'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a great day. You too. Thanks, Chris.